welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books, The Lake, The Marsh, The Falcon, Eight-Year-Olds, Bugs, and Babies. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I almost said I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon... Uh, <laughs> it's one of those days. <laughs> we carry guys. on. Yeah, one of those days where we're two days late and re- recording at 9 o'clock at night. And it's, well, like 9.30. It's sleepy time, but this week on Forever <laughs> yeah. Canon, we pick back up into book four, crossing the midpoint with chapters 13 through 16. I think I might have just lied because I think there's like 33 chapters. Approaching the midpoint. I know, page-wise. Yeah, yeah page-wise, we're definitely halfway. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Volumetric. <laughs> yep, words. Whatever version makes me write, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. And volumetrically. Yeah, there you, go. you no. got there. Yeah. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Volumetrically. Uh, this week... I don't know. Things happen compared to last week where like not a whole lot of things happen. This week we're done with the Olympics. At least our characters are. Yeah. And we, uh, we roll through some not danger, danger, mm-hmm. but first bum, bum, bum. previously on forever. Cannon dollar digs doggos and black sun is back. Ben can't not not hate Vistara. Another Jedi goes manic. Mandos invade the Jedi Temple. Alana saves R2. And somebody saves Alana. That was last week. Mm. Where, like I said, I think I think this week was busier. I think there was more progress narratively in the chapters. Mm-hmm. And if there wasn't... There was a lot more going on action-wise, I think. <laughs> um, although we had the Mandos last week. And we had, didn't we? Or and was it two weeks ago that we had uh, Rancor? That was two. <laughs> lightning fight. That was two weeks ago. Well, this week, chapter 13. There we go. We pick up where we left off last week. Because we don't get a location heading. Yes. Because we go from something happening to Alana to Alana... Back where she was, uh, quotes, saving R2 in a mechanic's garage on Dathomir. And some mystery hero has stepped up and spoken for Monarch, the dangerous mechanic man, to <laughs> unhand Alana. And our question from last week was, who's that RoboCop? Yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be Terran. Because I thought the they, same. They used the word thrash. Yes. Uh, sounded a little more. But it's not. Terran Zell. It is C-3PO. Got me so good. Come to the rescue. And when I flip back to see how it was not Terran Zell, just one page. It was the last sentence of last week. I realize I should have been a pretty big giveaway when the demand starts with, I say. <laughs> I say, I'm going to have to ask you to unhand that little girl. Before I have to give you a thrashing or whatever. Yeah, says something. yeah. I'm I like, say. well, once you know it's 3PO, then it makes perfect sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I say. I say, that, yeah. If he, the guy had a catchphrase, it would be either that or oh dear. Anyways, 3PO shows up to rescue Alana from a grown-up who's going to murder her. The monarch man, the mechanic guy, 
proceeds to then beat the circuit-breaking piss out of C-3PO. <laughs> he's a pro-call droid, yeah. man. And some of the visuals were great, where he's, yeah. he's got him by the ankle and smacking him against, against the, the wall. Walls. He's holding him over his head and breaking him in half backwards. Yeah. Like, these are, like, this is, like, goof-level, old-school, corny WWF. Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm lifting a man over my head and I'm going to break his bones in front of 10,000 people at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I don't know why I said it like, uh, uh, not Trogdor. What's his name? Strong Bad at the end there. Mm. Madison Square Garden. Anyways, uh, he beats the hell out of C-3PO. Yeah, it's great. He, 3PO tells him he's loading his combat mechanics <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Martial arts thing. Protocols. And the guy's like, are you done yet? And he says no, and then he just starts whooping his ass. <laughs> He's a pro called droid. Yeah. R2 wakes up, and the scene shifts to his perspective from Alana's yeah. watching 3PO get torn shreds. This was fun for me. I was very surprised. Yeah. Although I was not surprised by how he resolved the situation. No. He scoots out across the room. He zaps Monarch in the butt before the man can... Break his friend in half, thank God for that. And then the four of them, R2, 3PO, Alana, and Angie, the also beaten up dog, cat, monster, saber tooth clown face. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, wanted to, I know this thing is like a cub or like a kitten. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But when they're describing this thing, it's like a large dog. Yeah. Like well, it's, it's pretty like, big. Yeah. Okay. Because they get gigantic, right? Yeah, because when you look at them in episode two, climbing up the the column to eat true. Pod, Podme, pod <laughs> eat the pod people, <laughs> eat the pod racers. <laughs> pod racing is cool. Anyways, uh, yeah, they're huge. Yeah, because for some so reason, the, in my head, before this chapter, I pictured this like puppy sized. Like big for a cat, but right. puppy? Nah. No, this is like a dog. No, he's size like he's like a Saint puppy. Bernard she is a Saint Bernard sized kitten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with a wide mouth of razor sharp teeth. Because I was expecting Alana to pick up this cat thing and no, Yeah, no, no, no. She looked at it and it. she's like, Oh no, there's no way I can yeah. drag her out of here or carry her out of here yeah. or whatever, right? She just puts her hand on her. Well the four of them run off to the Falcon, but not before while still in the mechanic shop, 3PO calls the kid Miss Amelia in front of Monarch the mechanic. Okay. Just, just said her secret name out loud. Her, her, yeah, but it, her secret name, not her secret secret name. What? Her name's Alana. No, that's her fake name. That's her real name. What? Yeah. Wait. Alana's her real name. Oh, no. Amelia is her fake made up name. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. You entirely sure? I'm have very I got, sure. Have I got my wires crossed tonight? Yeah, yes, you do. No. Uh, in the next chapter or so, when um, when she's talking to Leia, Leia almost says the wrong name, and they spell it out in three. Are you sure? Yes. Because I don't believe you. You have more talking points? I'll look it up. Well, here's the thing, though. Does it have the... It says Alana Solo, yeah. so I'm assuming that's her real name. <laughs> their real name. How did I? I've been, I've been had. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened, but I was like, did three PO just say her real name in front of this guy? 
as as real as anyone. Maybe in the, the world contrast is that he also calls her Alana out loud, <laughs> because I, yeah, I thought that happened and it was normal or something. It's it's very, or in like, in uh, R 2s like in her head, he yeah. says Alana, and then Maybe. as they're leaving, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I think I. I got, I got got. You get both her names in two paragraphs. I got, I just got, I got tricked by a horny heart attack survivor. (laughs) Anyways, Monarch pursues them out of the mechanic shop. So the team locks him out of the Falcon when they get inside. And Alana (laughs) calls for Han and Leia for help. It's a close call for the kid, but it's not over yet. As we cut to... The lake, Dathomir. The two tribes can't agree on a new name for the big merger. Here's my complaint. Incoming. So, of course, Ben, the white teenager, speaks up and solves the simple problem for these foolish savages Mm -hmm. who can't agree on a name for their combining tribes because he is a patronizing white supremacist. Do you remember him laughing at the weird-looking aliens on Keldor? Oh, the first one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, his father is a colonizer. Thoughts? Because <laughs> that's true. He came here, put a Jedi temple here, and it totally broke these people's yes. millennia-existing way of life. Mm-hmm. For better or worse. Yeah. Whatever that may be. <clears throat> clearly remains to be seen, right? As, as we see what unfolds with these people here, but... I don't know, man. This is like, this is like some superficial cliche white guy writing where, yeah. where how part of what you're doing is serving the character of Ben as being, you know, the compromiser, the peacemaker, like his father mm-hmm. showing how wise he is for his age and stuff, but you're doing it in a way that's demeaning this, this group of people. Because the way that he offers it, like he does it in like a politically placating sort of way where nobody's feelings get hurt, but he is being condescending. Yeah, because he thinks that it's so simple. Yeah, and what they're fighting over is so dumb. Yeah, and it's... he he asks them each one question and then thinks they un- he understands their tribes, and and you know what I mean, and how to name a Dathomir tribe and yeah, what I, like it's just so fucking white guy and and i guess they've been they've been at it for a while like it's been hours um yeah but so he's had some time to observe but it says in the book that he think this is such a stupid thing to be talking about there are such yeah. more important things you know what let me think about it for three seconds i'll fix it and then we can move on exactly <laughs> yeah but why why is that falling on the shoulders of the non-native teenager yeah no i was going i was i know building on your point yeah and i know (laughs) i know you aren't disagreeing but that's what i'm saying that's yeah why is this like i don't i don't want to speak ill of the dead but is this like a little bit of somebody's racism showing through or you know it's like that ingrained societal sort of systemic racism that you don't even realize that you think it's normal for a white man to solve a native tribe's problems. Like you think that's normal and you don't realize that that's weird or wrong. Yeah. Or it's, or it's completely unrelated to both. And it was just an easy way to make Ben look. Right. So either it's, you know, it's either racism, 
Or it's lazy. <laughs> uh, take your pick. Yeah. But that was that's my that was my big complaint. I just thought it was like, I don't know, maybe I'm too twenty twenty. <laughs> Reading this on a sensitive eye. Yeah. Just being like yeah. why is or I'm too much of a dad. <laughs> my my oldest kid's about to be ten. Mm-hmm. Why is a child telling these grown-ups how to solve their problems? You know, we see it with Alana, too. It's like a common sort of theme, and it, you know, whatever. It holds merit, but it just seems so absurd for this. How old is he? 16? 16. Right? <laughs> Could be eight, 18. Could be 18. <laughs> it's funny, his age didn't change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a bit. Anyways, uh... You get my point. Yes, I do. We'll move on. I just, I don't know. Either either you have a better idea or, I don't know, don't have don't have the, the, the outsider solve the, the native problem. Yeah. And it could be that Aaron was also excited to get to the next part of this chapter. Well, that's sure because that's sure possible. Yeah. Because uh, my next note is, anyways, everyone is attacked by bugs. Because I guess they forgot there are night sisters trying to kill them. <laughs> yep. But hey, uh, uh, electric, name the tribe. Uh, electric <laughs> zapping They're, bugs. They sounded like, like Pomeranian-sized... Oh my god, I just lost the word. They're not called lightning bugs. We don't call them that. Fireflies. Fireflies. <laughs> Yeah, but and, with stingers and stuff. And they're they're not they're not huge because they can fit in that guy's armor, so they're small enough to get in the armor. Oh shit, you're right. Well, so, I guess they were like hand sized. Yeah, and they can like squeeze in and. Yeah, you're right. bzz, bzz. I think all that Angie talk uh, threw me off. I'm yeah, yeah. There. But yeah, they they crawl. They they start attacking everybody in the two tribes. And they're doing some damage. Yeah, they're really messing people up. They're zapping them, stinging them, scorching them. Yeah. And Luke can feel the Night Sisters nearby, so uh, he and Ben zoom, and we cut to Han and Leia also being attacked by bugs. The guy with the armor, but Han gets to play with a flamethrower, <laughs> and Carrick, the man being eaten alive in a few moments from mm-hmm. the inside in his armor, gets to play with a grenade launcher against the Night Sisters. Boys and toys. Yep, and Han is loving it. He's like, "How come I've never had How come one? I never got one." And of these he's just before. like, oh. "Leia's like, uh, are you serious? <laughs> and do you see what you're doing? That's why you don't have one." <laughs> exactly. Finger shaking. Cut to Luke and Ben are bad at running through a forest that night, <laughs> crashing into branches, falling into spike traps, all kinds of all tripping over bodies. Bodies. Yeah, they're bad at running through the forest that night, but we get to see all those grenades go off. Mm-hmm. That Carrick shot off into the distance. I thought that was kind of a cool way to to I don't know to meld that scene where at the beginning of it uh, everybody's together. Yep. And then Luke and Ben split off into the forest. Carrick has like a heat vision thing on his grenade launcher. Yeah. <laughs> Which all right. <laughs> or on his helmet or something that he's got no, on. No, I think it said there was like a, a special scope popped up or something. Oh, okay. On the thing. It was like a like a flat screen or something. Oh, and I, and I, th- I thought it was more like a Mando helmet yeah. where he I thought had that, that heads up display. Hand. I thought he does have that. He does have whatever technology in his helmet. But anyways, the he's got he shoots the uh, nine grenades off at the yeah. Night Sisters that are way across the scene. 
And then when we come back to Luke and Ben running through the forest, it's boom, 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 boom. Yeah, grenades. grenades. Go. Like that awesome. was just a nice, uh, you know, starting point, forward, backward, meet up. Yeah, and mix and, up, mix up the flow. And also, to me, having they didn't need location type. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> also, that same forest. Um, <laughs> the, it showed Luke and Ben as being part of the group rather than their own separate entity too because when whenever well, it's them yeah. it's them two talking or well, it's them two off over here they were part of they were part of the group until they ran off by themselves yeah <laughs> right and it's like such a they recurring went, theme yeah they went running off and then but and then it showed them that okay they are actually a part of this they are yeah. seeing the same thing that everyone else is doing seeing and yeah, exactly i liked it for that phrases <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> it's got some real volumetricity to it. <laughs> Chapter 14. All the bugs attack Carrick because he blew up two of the Night Sisters. Cut to. The same place, just post-bug attack. Mm-hmm. Another weird cut, that one. In the, in the, you know, in the running tally of weird cuts across Aaron's books. Specific, mo- most specifically, his books. Am I right or am I not right? Carrick's all banged up, zapped up, scorched up. He needs Bacta. Damn it, Jim! I'm a doctor, not a Bacta man. Also, why does Aaron state the obvious here in this in this part of chapter fourteen? He recaps for the reader. Dion says grenades killed two night sisters, and the rest. Ran, then sent the bugs for Carrick. Dion says this out loud to all the characters. Yeah, we know that. We don't need yeah. to waste any space on the page ha- hearing someone tell everybody else that out loud. Yeah, because... The, that can just be understood. Yeah, it can, it can be background unwritten for sure. Because yeah. I just... Why? We just, just read that happen. It's not like you're like calling back to something from earlier that we may have forgotten... Because we've like switched perspective multiple times, like we do in Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. Nope, just happened. I don't know. That was weird. Maybe this got. Maybe this was different in the first few uh, edits. You know what I mean? Okay, and there was but... there was chunks in between or something. And then you know I don't. It's know. possible. And this little bit never got cut out. But I don't know. I was like, why the hell am I being told exactly what just happened? But we just read it, so I already knew it. That dead body that they trip over turns out to be one of the guides that Han and Leia hired outside the spaceport, Tribeless Shaw. She's found dead, and Ben thinks it's part of the mystery. So Luke tells him, Well, I've learned to listen whenever someone like Corn Horn said something like that. I'd better learn to do the same with you. Trust and follow your instincts, Ben. Thanks, Dad. Yep, I've learned to trust my instincts. Unless it's the last book, and then I say you're being a baby about scary memories from when you're two years old, and I don't believe you about the very needy tentacle monster that wants to get inside of all of us. And even when I feel it, I don't retract my (laughs) doubt of your... Anyways, he fully believes in Ben now. I don't know. Compared to how he feels towards a master, same as Ben, so... I mean, I guess. That's good. That's positive. Yeah, that's good for him to say. Yeah. Let's see how he acts. 
I have a very big question for you, though. Mm. Why has no one mentioned Abeloth yet? Yeah, not We're running around on Dathomir for half a book chasing a Sith from this tribe. Yada, yada, yada. We had... uh, Who in the same place... Why did I say yada, yada, yada? That made no sense. We're chasing the Sith from a tribe that we encountered in the same place that we encountered Abeloth, this mystery dark force being. Why have we not even spoken to each other about her, Luke and Ben? Why not? Yeah, or mentioned it to anybody. and, And even... Hey, we found her. That was eight chapters ago. Right? Or something. Well, like, even just a stray questioning thought? Or or do they not discuss, like, what was that? What happened? We just went beyond shadows. What did we see? We never speak of this again. <laughs> For half of this book, the most powerful, awe-full... Mm-hmm. force being that we've ever encountered Definitely full of off just never spoken of again how much of this book was written before all the abeloth stuff happened in the last book yeah like our, uh, with three <laughs> separate writers working right mm-hmm. how much of each other's stories do they know ahead of time or how far ahead of themselves do they get i don't know yeah you and know? like even even if because it's half a book without mentioning her yeah and even if luke doesn't want to mention anything about her specifically yep go ahead and say it you think he would talk about his experience beyond shadows with leia like what happened in the last book at all at all with his twin sister other than vestara's on the run you know what i'm saying she's the only thing that's even been mentioned yeah other than luke being like this where this must be where all the sith are hiding yeah luke mentioned sith and him and law him leia and han kept came (laughs) ah came running yeah and but it's sith and so maybe it's a danger he knows and so that's why he's focusing on it but but that's very short-sighted it's really stupid that he hasn't said anything to his sister because it's now been a few days because he's learned all these different techniques in the last however many weeks he's been gone. Yeah, don't talk about any of that. None of it. Anyways. Yeah. We cut to the Millennium Falcon. Dathomir. And this scene might be the most delightful scene of any book in the Star Wars universe that I've ever read in my life. Monarch has come to the Millennium Falcon with backup to cut his way inside to kill the child. It's going to get delightful. And so, with the help of 3PO's pillows and people skills, R2's computer prowess, and the Falcon's power to pull a spaceport fence, Alana Solo flies the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, sitting on a bunch of pillows on the, in the pilot seat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Don't forget, Zek and Terran definitely helped. They, The guy had like a arc welder yeah like a plasma torch or something and then he blew it up in his hand and then they all ran away but she she fly, she's yeah. flying the water falcon yeah there. she flew it and it she's, was awesome she's eight maybe six years old she almost crashed it twice right off the hop yeah she went straight up and then straight back down but yep. she, i was worried about the straight back down but I, she managed to even it out Alana Solo just is flying the Millennium Falcon. It's fine. Ripping down 
hundreds of yards of spaceport fence yeah. on her way. And breaking laws and ignoring know. spaceport. I don't know why I'm officials. having a hard time saying spaceport. Spaceport. Yeah, I don't know. It's because it's not a real word. Anyways, well, also. Space and port are both real words. The best parts of this scene in, in, in the beginning of this, uh, in the, I guess the middle of this chapter, is got to be, I don't know. Everything, <laughs> like Alana sitting there in the in the in the pilot seat, going, "Hmm, I see bad guys out there. What do I do?" Yeah. Well, the only thing I know how to do is work every button on the on the cockpit of this Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and then she almost gets the ch- the the checklist out of order, and and then she's like, "Nope, first before I do that, I got to start the repulsors or whatever." Right? Yeah, and uh, she. And before she starts to fly, she tries to send a message first. Yeah, yeah. And she says, she gets no response, so she's like, well, "Okay, I guess I gotta do something." And then she sees these two people running from towards the ship in hoods and cloaked up. And more oh, bad guys. More bad guys. Right. Guess definitely I gotta not, fly this thing. Definitely not the missing for several years, Zach yeah. with no last name, and Taryn Zell. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe definitely. his name is Zach Zell. Maybe he'll take her last name, dude. I was gonna say the same thing. God, I love Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, that'll only make things more difficult for us. Or easier, because then I'll just be right. Ah. Because you know what? I often write his name, Zell. <laughs> and then I have to fill in the rest of the K in between <laughs> two lowercase L's. It's not easy. What's the uh, last sign signs? I pull it off every time. In fact, I did it here. <laughs> also in the scene, I noticed something. 3PO and R2 are really funny together. They're really funny just about in every scene, right? They're the comic relief. Mm-hmm. But, oh boy, are they especially funny when they're in danger. Not when they're in action fighting. Yeah. Although that was pretty funny as well. When they're just in danger, the two of them are just hilarious, man. Like, they're so funny. Just bitching back and forth to each other. Or, like, scuttling around doing things that they don't want to do or don't think will help. Just. Yeah. Because they're still droids and they still got to listen, but they bicker back and forth like they like yeah. a married couple. Yeah. And this eight-year-old is such a badass. Yeah, I mean the spaceport guy thought she was ten. She says, "Tell him I'm 12 That was fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. She's all happy that she gets ten year old. And uh, by the time they're they're flying out to find the marsh that they're gonna land in, the droids put their uh, computational powers together to tell Alana she's likely gonna be grounded for fifty point four two Coruscant standard years. <laughs> so, as always, no good joyride goes unpunished. But for now, they park the Falcon in a marsh. Yeah. Which made me worried. Yep. In a Dagobah sort of way. Yeah, I was a little worried like about soft that, Soft ground, right? And but the droids weren't worried. No, they put the camo net over top of it. Yeah. They told her to stop breaking off the tops of trees so people can't follow can't us. Can't follow us, that's right. And then we'll just hide out here in the marsh. And we cut to the lake on Dathomir, where Leia answers the space phone and says, Amelia, oh my God. What is wrong with everyone today? <laughs> Just kidding. Her real name's Alana, you guys. Alana gives the coordinates out to Han and Leia of where she's hiding the Falcon. Leia gives Ben a data pad full of his own space mail. And they head out, leaving Ben and Luke to chat about the Mando message. And then Vistara and Night Sisters. Because, you know, that's all we talk about. We don't talk about Avaloth around here. Well, hey, this is the first time in, what, five, six chapters that they've mentioned, really, well, five chapters at least that they've mentioned her at all. 
So they even Vistara. Well, they mentioned wasn't her. Wasn't he just like talking to her a few chapters ago, and he was all mad at her? A couple days ago, and five, six chapters. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, all their all electronics got fried back when they were fighting the tornado and lightning storm sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hasn't had internet for like six days, so he's got all kinds of emails, <laughs> all kinds of different things to talk about instead of Avaloth. But neither of them can quite figure out what's going on yet with the tribes and the Night Sisters and Vistara. They can't quite figure out why the Night Sisters are attacking and what's Vistara doing with them. And something is, we have a blank that's not filled in here. Yeah. they. I think they think it's something to do with the joining of the tribes. Yeah. Um, but what's Vistara? What? What? Hmm. Why? What is she up to? Because yeah. she's full of half-truths and such. Chapter 15. The Marsh. Dathomir. The Falcon's all patched up, Alana's tucked in, and the Solos are headed to Coruscant because Dalla attacked their daughter with Mandos. About time they did some parenting. And we cut to... Go ahead. And Han feels bad about it. How about that? He feels bad that he dropped the ball on his kids and he's... This is a second chance. Yeah, he's, he's going to try and Alani do it better Lilia. this time. Emiliana. I think. Ooh, that's kind of a nice name. Emiliana? Yeah. It's not bad. That's not good. All right. Um, hey, sorry. It, he, I'm I just think, talking bullshit over yeah. top. I think he's trying to. He's not doing a great job of it, but I think he's trying to be better. I think so too, but that doesn't fix your dead kids. No. No. And, you know, they were always going to have the responsibility of the world on their shoulders being the next generation of Skywalkers, mm-hmm. right? It was always going to be a mess for their lives, but you could have been, been around more. You could have brought them with you like you're doing with Alana, yeah. Emiliana. Mm. Now, the, right? The and introspection which is, is good. Well, yeah, and, and the action of bringing her along everywhere is the proof of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Right, the actual change in the behavior is proof that you're learning or changing or trying something different at least. I don't yeah, know. you know they're putting her in danger a lot, and Han finds out she flew the Falcon, and he drops to the ground <laughs> pale as a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> a mix of pride and shock and yeah. fear. But yeah, I don't, you know, oh, this is our second chance and stuff. He says, and it's just like. You know, yeah, all right, man. You know he's the dad or the grandpa that's really proud that she did it, but has to pretend to be angry. I think he was also truly mortified that his falcon could that be his hurt. ship <laughs> was like in serious jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And can't can R two not just autopilot that fucker? I think with like computers, they like they can fly. They can fly. They but can fly. I, they I don't can think fly. they can take off her land properly. All right. So I, she, he probably could have gotten them there. Listen, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. That's going to sound rude. Okay. Are you pulling this information from somewhere? Yeah. Because it fucking sounds made up. <laughs> no, I'm pulling it from... Um, I believe you when you say so. I'm just saying. It is... It's actually another Star Wars book. It's the Darth Bane series. Mm-hmm. When well, um, that was thousands of years ago, yeah, when Zana, we didn't get that technology. When Zana's a kid, and she has to steal that ship, and she's trying to find a landing spot. 
Yeah, Tim. I remember this vividly. Okay. <laughs> I don't, dude. I you know I don't I don't remember. I told you I told you what I remember about yeah. this book series. I remember something about Ben, something about Luke, and that is it. Okay. The rest and so like for Darth Bane, ooh, I read those so much earlier than this. What do I remember <laughs> about Bane? I remember I remember the Von Dunn crab shell armor mm-hmm. that he like he gets some parasite crab attached to his body in a temple yeah. while he's searching out a holocron. I think he like kills everybody in his academy. Uh he makes them kill themselves, but yeah. Oh wow. It's dark. Yeah. And uh I remember he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my point. <laughs> yeah, sure, carry on. Is it actually um she she gets the ship, she kinda like crash lands it. And she get and the guy that one of the guys that meets her there, he's like a pirate or something. Says, "Hey, whoever's piloting your ship, blah blah blah." Autopilot, meaning computers, can't land on anything other than an airstrip, kind of right, deal. Right, right, right. Like it's cruise control. Yeah, it's like it'll keep your speed going. It's like a it's child. Like the, it's like yeah. a child. What a child thinks cruise control does. Yeah. <laughs> no, the droid is real cruise control. Not. <laughs> I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, where there's like uh, you know beacons and uh, and like yeah, a, it can fly. It just can't really park can all fly. that well. I don't know. It's just like third time this week I've been singing Peter Pan, huh. and that's not even singing. But I don't doing know. It, I just, Peter, I just like it. Hey, You're do doing it. it. Do it. Really doing it, pal. Anyways, we cut to Coruscant. Just Coruscant. It's all the location heading says. The whole planet. Dahl is in trouble. It's Nihal's funeral, and people want to assassinate her. The Jedi are looking good after the Mandos invaded the temple, and her own army is mad that she used outside help to bring the Jedi under government control instead of their own elite forces. She used not the government troops. So what's her solution? Turn up the heat on Tahiri. And make sure everyone knows that she's an assassin, yes? That unlike me, she actually killed an admiral? That she's not a sweet young orphan who sells baked goods door to door. Uh, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And probably a solution that's going to backfire because you're so far off the target. Yeah. Right? She's looking bad because Nyathal killed herself. She's looking bad because the Mandos invaded the temple. She's losing popular opinion. She's losing military opinion. Morale. Mm-hmm. Everything she does is looking bad and then looking worse. And then it's all like on live TV all the time and Javis tears narrating. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, narrating this funeral like it's a fucking parade. Yeah. And that's just <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do that shit in America when I don't live in America. Maybe that's like a military hero death type of thing. I don't know. Maybe it's televised and narrated. Like the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. Maybe it's a Javis Tear douchebag thing. Yeah. Fox News, <laughs> CNN. Yeah. I don't know. All of them. Pick one. Who cares? They're all fucked. But, oh my God, was it gross. But anyways, back to the point. Mm-hmm. Dahl's plan to win everybody over is to prosecute Tahiri quicker, harder. Because that... Does what? I think it's <laughs> just I mean? to 
just to move the focus a little bit. Get that on the air. Here's an accomplishment. And here is justice being handed out that the military can feel good about because she murdered Admiral Pelion, Mm -hmm. assassinated him. You know, everybody's favorite word to use in lieu of murder. Yep. (laughs) Uh, It's going to win over the public because she was part of Jason's regime of ruining everything. But nobody really even knew that she was. I don't know how that's going to help her. Yeah. I just don't. It seems so far off target. It seems destined to blow up in her face. Yeah. Yeah. And she's choosing the lesser of two evils at the moment by not attending this parade that wasn't supposed to be a parade. parade. That's the other thing, too, is that it all got... It all got changed without her permission. And, and when they amped up and all yeah. kinds of jazz. Well, now she's sitting there watching it on TV as Javis Deer narrates it. And she thinks to herself, quote, nothing is going right. Ever since she started coming for the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Because this series starts two years after the last series ended. And And she was in fine standing when we started this. And this book series, after she excommunicates Luke, is the beginning of her going after the Jedi. And nothing is going right. And then earlier in the scene, she had asked Wynn Dorvin a question when he popped in to tell her people want to kill her today, so don't go to the funeral. She asked him, if some force she's not aware of is trying to ruin her and he like, you know, makes a glib comment about, yeah, all the politicians I've ever worked for have asked me that question. Is there some unseen force Mm -hmm. trying to ruin me? Yeah. Yeah. The force capital T capital F. And his response is because you're attacking the Jedi. Yeah. And his response was most were wrong, but some were right. Right. And then he turns around and leaves or whatever. And I just think the phrasing of that combined with the sequence of events. Yeah. You know, of nothing has gone right ever since I made the decision to aggressively try to bring the Jedi under government control. And nothing has been going right for her. So she's, that's who she is, right? She is not a politician. Yeah. She is a military admiral. Yeah. And give her a ship. Give her a crew, she'll win the battle for you. But she's definitely not one for shaking hands. No, <laughs> she sent Mandos into the Jedi Temple. <laughs> she did. Chapter sixteen, Lake Dathomir. It's not even a very long name for the lake. You just don't want to say it. Who cares? Right. Near the Redgill Lake, is that it? Greater yeah. Lake. I don't the know. Lake Redgill. Nope. Too many letters. 14 (laughs) times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I definitely get it. Detective Ben is trying to uncover who killed Tribalist Shaw because that will tell us what the Night Sisters are up to, maybe. He reminds his dad that the dark jokes he's making come from his time in the GAG, in case you didn't listen to Forever Canon episodes 1 through 67. What was the what was the joke that he made too? Something it was like it was some it was something that, in, in when he was in the GAG. No, no, or no. The, from this here. Oh, in front of his dad. They're talking about 
they're running through the possibilities of the scenario. Yeah, and and she and he says something really dark and yeah, really flippant. Yeah, about, tribalist Shaw went and talked to somebody, and then they said, "Yeah, come and meet me in the yeah. in the forest of eternal doom or something yeah, like, yeah. like that." Well, and he like makes a really dark joke about her being stabbed to death or whatever. Like, yeah, he's being very casual about the violence, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh yeah, don't forget, I was in the GAG, Dad. Uh, sorry, that's how I was taught to." Deal with these things by soldiers. Anyways, mm-hmm. cut back to solving the mystery. <laughs> Remember when Tribal Shaw told us that the Night Sisters come in the night to kill your husband and steal your babies? Yeah. Well, now Ben is on the trail. Mm-hmm. He winds up through a series of questioning multiple people in both the tribes, right? In the Broken Columns and the Raining Leaves tribe, soon to be... What the fuck did they decide on? Something about the sun? Yeah, the the ever changing but ever steady. Yeah, sun. the bright sun or yeah. something. oh, that was it, bright sun clan. Anyways, 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 it's a good name. Yeah, it's it's decent. But how could they not figure that one out on their own? <laughs> anyways, Ben is on the trail and he goes and asks a lot of different people a lot of different questions about babies, and then eventually he comes upon Haliava. Yeah, and who her, is her daughter Ara. Haliava, though, was one of the original Night Sisters. Not Night Sisters. I call them all Night Sisters. One of the original Dathomiri witches. What are these people? Well, they're just Dathomiri. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're just the force. force users. Yeah. What do they call themselves? Oh, God. We're opening up a can of worms here. The point is, she was one of the original people with... Was it? Wait, is she not the one... Who tried to set the log trap? Was she not the trapper? No, no. But she was with them anyway. She yes. showed up on the Rancors to fight Luke and Ben. She was one of the original ones that we met. Yeah, yeah. He ends up going to her, asking her questions. And then some questions about, you happen to have a daughter who's about the age that Tribal Shaw's daughter went missing from the forest in the middle of the night when they murdered her husband. And he, oh, what, blah, 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 blah. She's like, we got together with these other clans. And then shortly, nobody else knew that we got married. And he got murdered. He got died on a, on a hunt shortly thereafter and never mm. told anybody that we were married. And then I had the baby and in the forest. I was on a hunting mission. Yeah, because I, I broke my leg yeah, and I couldn't so I get was up. stranded yeah. in the woods for months or weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I had my baby and I came back and here we are. And Ben goes, oh, hmm. Yes, I believe you. Yeah, he does ask a couple more questions to other people about... Uh, and he well, finds, he ch- kind of changes his direction. At that yeah, point. he Are finds you? some information about her husband really did die. Right. And she really was missing for a while. Right. And so now I think the question becomes, did she steal this baby and she's a night sister? Or did she get her memory wiped? And was given a baby in the forest. And most of her story is true. Oh, I didn't think of that. I did when I was reading it. Because I was like, this seems blatantly evil. And how could she possibly be sympathetic? Mm-hmm. Maybe she got tricked. Yeah. You know, maybe she, maybe part of the story is true. But either way, Ben is on the case. He feels like maybe he found the child. But will he find the Night Sisters? Or... Vestara or the rest of the Sith like his dad thinks or Sack find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi book 4 Backlash chapters 17 through 20 I'm Justin I'm Tim 
And stealing babies is so not lubed. Stank. Totally on Astral. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.